Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope you're having a great day. This is your host, Eric Rieger, soon to be joined by my awesome co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. It's episode 57 of the Gut Check Project, and today's topic is uh, kind of, uh, well, it's, it's a few different things. Let's just put it that way. Um, we let our guard down a little bit. We got a few emails saying, don't be so tight. So we're not. And uh, Anna, if you're listening, thanks for the feedback. Um, she's an awesome technician that we have at the GI Center. So without further delay, let's get into the sponsorships. Of course, Atron Teal. Get your daily polyphenols at atronteal.com. It's a lot easier just to go to lovemytummy.com slash KBMD. Get your daily polyphenols. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or if you have IBS-like symptoms or if you just simply want to make certain that your body has the tools necessary for your gut microbiome to give your body things like urolithin and quercetin, etc., it's all inside the large cabracho polyphenol molecules. And I slowed down there for a little bit because we talk about it quite a bit. But again, the cabracho polyphenol molecule specifically and almost exclusively found only and Altron Teal. So get yours today, lovemytummy.com. And of course, Unrefined Bakery, unrefinedbakery.com. Amazing food. Doesn't matter if you're keto, paleo, gluten-free, they've got it, unrefinedbakery.com. That's unrefinedbakery.com. They deliver to all 48 states, contiguous, sorry, Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, they just don't have the means to transport some of these very perishable yet delectable items that far away. So what's that say? It says that they only want to deliver fresh, great tasting food. So go to unrefinedbakery.com, use code GUTCHECK and save 20% off of your very first order. And last but not least, kbmdhealth.com. Go there and get your very own CBD endorsed by my partner, Dr. Kenneth Brown, as well as his baby, Atron Teal, and also Brock Elite. You can get all three of those at kbmdhealth.com around the clock because it's online. It's an online store. Very, very easy to order. Use code GCP to save 20%. Okay, let's get into it. It's episode number 57. Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope you're having a great day. It is now episode 57. This is my awesome co-host, Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. What's up, Ken? Oh, man, I'm excited. Episode 57. So we did our little three-part series, tried something interesting, but didn't want to make a three-hour podcast over one topic, erectile dysfunction. That yeah. seems like it'd be a little heavy after a little bit. A three-hour boner talk. <laughs> so there's, um, there's some science behind that one. Maybe a little too sciencey. I don't know. That's uh, I feel like sometimes I go down rabbit holes, and I apologize if I'm too much of a nerd, but you know. We're going to call this episode Two Scientists, One Lab, and we're going to <laughs> not... Are you doing a reference on the Two Bears, One Cave? I might be. If you don't know who Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura are, get familiar, but we're going to try to not get too sciencey today, have a little fun with some health science, and uh, probably show a little bit more just 
How are we talking the lab? That's really what we want feedback on, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting there scoping, and uh, one of our great techs, Anna, was sitting there saying, hey, sometimes you guys get a little too sterile, like you're too eager to talk about the science. And I'm like, okay. And then um, you and I got to talking because this past weekend, it, typical things, I'm driving Lucas um, up to Melissa, Texas, which is like uh, 45 minutes north of where we live. And my son, 16 Lucas, goes, oh, I found this great podcast. Got to hear it. I'd never heard it. So I'm listening to Two Bears, One Cave with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. <laughs> Just like, this is nuts. I spend like hours preparing. These guys literally are like, I'm going to get out of bed, not brush my teeth, and show up. And there's a whole episode on just that, not brushing your teeth. And it kind of just... <laughs> pisses me off a little bit because Joe Rogan and all of his uh, comedy guests talk about how hard stand-up comedy is. And what I see them do is just stand in front of a microphone and party. <laughs> no. Like whatever thought pops in their head does that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. So, okay. So, we're two scientists, one lab. Two scientists, one lab, at least for episode 57. We're going to get some... <laughs> Email us as we go through here. And uh, let us know what you think. Oh, just a quick recap, though. Uh, episode 55 through 57. Pretty pretty awesome. Talking about uh, certain uh, viral infections and uh, erectile dysfunction. If you haven't seen 56 or 55, 56, 57, get caught up. And uh, I think we're kind of being shadow banned a little bit by YouTube and some of the well, social media. Well, it's fascinating because now we're looking at these different podcasts. Like, um, move that a little closer. There we go. There we go. Um, it's fascinating because now we're seeing all this stuff. When you look at Dark Horse Podcast, Brett Weinstein's, and he is blatantly open. He's like, I'm going to put this up. It's going to last for a little bit, and then it's just going to disappear because what I'm talking about is controversial. And we were talking about some viral infections that, um, that can actually cause inflammation resulting in longstanding yeah. erectile dysfunction, which I think is extremely important because we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. Even if it's not important or relevant to you, I at least hope that this can be passed on to a urologist in the future that looks and goes, oh, this is why I'm seeing younger men with this. But it's really interesting because I tried to search it in different ways, and it's not popping up. Then you search our polyphenol ones. It's like, whoop, right there. Yeah, yeah man. Before uh, before the pandemic hit, you could search any of our topics on the show, and it would pop up immediately. And that's that's not what's happening. So if you like what you hear, just try to like and share. Share it with a friend. And then, uh, obviously, we just, we're just wanting to share information. It's not, uh, it's not medical advice. It's just... It's just stuff that we read and we, we feel like it's important. It's how we talk to the patients when they come to the clinic. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, you and I both did something recommended by Mike Logsdon um, for business. We both okay. read the same book this week. So this is almost a book club right now. Yeah. Start with Why by Simon Sinek. And Excellent. so I'm going to ask you uh, everything that we do. And it's really fascinating because so much so that Junior actually texted me and said, hey, you should consider getting this for your family. Um, and you should for yours also, but really it plays into everything. It's a book by Chris Bosch that says letters um, for a young athlete. What oh, is it again? What uh, is it called? Something like that, but I, that's the one that letters has, to uh, a young athlete, has I think. Uh, Pat Riley in it. Yeah, it has Pat Riley. It's letters to a young yeah, athlete. But what's fascinating is, is that the guy was on a podcast, the author, and he was discussing when you go into something, whatever skill you're trying to do, there has to be a why because eventually you achieve what you want. If you're an athlete, if you're a pro athlete, you get the fame, you get the money, you get that. But if you don't have the why, then everything falls off. As a physician, you go into school and you say, I need to get 4-0, I need to get 4-0, I need to get through high school, I need to get through college, I need to get into med school, I need to get into good residency, I need to get into a fellowship. And then all of a sudden you're there and you're like, I'm here. Yeah. What's my why now? 
And I think that that is, it was such an interesting read because it's a business book, but really what is your why? Your why to do things. What is our why for doing this? Oh, this, this podcast yeah, itself, man. This podcast I, honestly, alone. if nobody even watched, I think one of the coolest whys is each week or each, sometimes every other week, but we are kind of just forced into <clears throat> immersing ourselves in a new territory, which is awesome because it's actually the part that it drew me into healthcare in the first place. How can I help? How, how can we help? It's not just me. It's, it, it's a collaboration. You get a lot of information. You do the research, you read things online, you talk to patients, you get the feedback, you, you see what works. And sometimes, unfortunately, you see what doesn't work, but we're just, we're forced to learn so that we can hopefully help someone get better. And that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Like I've realized how much I've researched, how much I've learned, how much we're unearthing and today's episode will be just like that eventually when we get there. Um, but that's what happens when you show up to two scientists, one lab. Oh, yes. <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> um, now, so, Logsdon had a good idea, though, to read that book. And I liked it because it had you separate what why is. Because sometimes you may say, oh, yeah, I know what why is. Why is uh, I need to get down the road. No, no, no that's, that's the how. That's the how. Yeah. You've got to figure out what the goal or the purpose, really, not even the goal, the purpose. The per a goal could just be a mile marker, but the purpose of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And yeah, Logsdon, uh, good find. I love it because I believe that everything about my life has been about a why, including developing Atron Teal, including getting into the CBD world, including trying to do different oh, things. Yeah. There was always a why behind it. But if you're not always thinking about that, you get bogged down by the what's. As a witness, I can remember it, you never set out and said, I want to get into CBD. You said, I wonder if CBD will help the patient. And we, you came up with, I won't go through all of them, but a few different scenarios. And it was never, we need to shoehorn CBD in to help make it work. Yeah. It was never that, which I found to be, we've said it on this show before. I actually thought that we would be let down by the use of CBD. I was like, man, who knows? I hear people say all kinds of stuff. Suddenly the why was more or less realized just by sticking to how do we best find the right people to do this with? Yeah. And then even like with Atrantil, the why was I need to find something in a natural way to treat people that there's no pharmaceutical solution. Oh yeah. And now the why has become, holy cow, there's so much more to this and there's so much untapped potential mm -hmm. of these beautiful molecules. And, and if you look at other episodes where we hit you, Sylvia Molino, um, Charlene. Oh, Van Buten. Van Buten, Charlene yeah. Van Buten brilliant scientists, PhDs, and they're teaching us about stuff that I had no idea about a molecule that I'm wrapping, you know, that I'm going all in on, on this. And we've got it. But when you get away from the why, then it becomes the, well, why aren't sales like this, this month? Why aren't, you know, and you just go, oh. okay, let's just take it. Let's take a step back. That's the what that is a, what. let's focus on the why now, a metric is a what for yeah, sure. A metric is a what, you know, what's cool is, uh, it even can come back and benefit you directly. And I'm just going to use your most recent example. Um, you hurt your neck and you went in to go see Wade McKenna. And I would say that now you're feeling great or much, much, much better. Much better, much better. That being said, if we hadn't been on the pursuit of that, why, how do we help people? How do we show that information? I don't think that you would have been nearly as gung ho to go and see someone like Wade. All right. So bring that up. The only reason why I knew to call Wade is because he came on our podcast. Yeah. Why did Wade come on the podcast? Why did he take a day off of a busy schedule, 
you called him up and said, hey, do you want to come on? And it's a, you know, it doesn't matter how big you're doing something, but when somebody has a why, his why is to educate about stem cells. Oh, yeah. When he gets an opportunity, he took the time off his day, showed up at our studio, and just kicked some crazy knowledge. The most knowledgeable guy in stem cells. I'm going to put my, I'm going to say it. He's been, if you watch the podcast, you go, yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah. Outside of maybe a couple doctors in Germany that have a few more liberties on what they can do, Wade is one of the most oh. intelligent people about stem cells. And by the way, spoiler alert, that's what today's eventual science podcast oh, will wow. be about. Will be stem cells and how to improve your ability to have a better response, which I found out when I went. So I got my third in IV infusion, one injection, three IV infusions. Great team over there. Had a long talk with Dr. Phillips, the, his um, his associate that helps doing the IV infusions, and we got to talking about how can you make this better? How can you make it so that if I'm going to spend this kind of money that I get a absolute perfect response, and they have not developed a protocol yet to do that. There, no protocol exists. Got it right here. Yeah. So if you're going to go get stem cells, or if you're somebody that has a doctor that does stem cells, they need to listen to this episode. I think it's awesome. And this is just another point of collaboration. Like uh, Wade will never tell you that he has all the answers, but he will take great information and see how he can incorporate it to basically just help all the people that he's, that he's trying to help patients and, and otherwise. So yeah, I think it's, it's a lot like the podcast. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, what's going on with you and the family? How's everything? Ooh, man, renovation. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> it's just not any fun. Uh, you wait, uh, you wait for, deliveries because there's just certain parts of the country that aren't even producing stuff. They're not making glass. They're not making tiles. So you just sit around and, and you wait. So we're, we're doing that. Um, we can't get glass for the windows, but we can get tile. Would you mind if we put tile up? <laughs> Actually, at this point, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even care at all. It'd be fine. be a heavy window and no sunlight in, you know, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gage and Mac are both kind of flexing some of their entrepreneurial spirit this summer. They're building a... Building some small little companies, we'll see how they do. Maybe we'll talk about them sometime. But uh, haven't quite gotten that point to uh, to that point. Excuse me to uh, get it all off the ground yet. But uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Marie's very very busy. That's that's pretty much what's happening. It's summertime. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, so yeah, tip, typical stuff. This is a big tournament season, so the kids are doing a lot of tournaments. I I got to tell you a funny story though. Uh oh. So um, Lucas. <clears throat> got into this unusual tournament where if you win then you get into this next level like a junior pro tournament and it was in little rock arkansas and so loida and lucas drove to little rock arkansas and i had the funniest conversation with him because the first round he won pretty easy second round and to hear lucas tell it it was just great and i loved hearing the way that he was trying to mimic <laughs> the accent and everything he's like bobby bobby he's like he's like this is so funny i literally lost two I lost two games because I was laughing. And he says that he shows up in this tournament, and um, this guy shows up with two rackets and a water bottle, which is usually people have a bag and they've got a whole routine. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it, yeah, like yeah, at his stuff. level. Yeah, he said the guy had a little belly on him, whatever. And um, he sits down. He's like, "Yeah, me and my friends, we were drinking, and they said we're gonna buy an entry into this thing. I didn't think I'd win, but I won that first round, and now I now I get to play you." And Luke starts laughing. He's like, "You were." You were drinking and your friends enrolled you and he's just like, yeah. He's like, they 
apparently think I'm a good tennis player or something, which makes it funny because he probably was like, yeah, at like point, at some point, like yeah. a, like a, like an elite tennis player. Because Lucas actually said he played really well. He yeah. just was out of shape. Yeah, fifteen years of day drinking will do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny because Lucas was like, it was the funniest thing. I couldn't stop laughing. He's like, I would. I, I like ace him a few times and he goes, yeah, if y'all, if you can just slow that down a little bit, I might be able to get, get one of them back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was Lucas so was mocking him or not mocking no, him. No, the guy was him. saying it. Yeah. Lucas was he imitating a, a good old Little Rock, Arkansas <laughs> accent. And then he goes on the changeovers. The guy comes over and goes, goes, Hey, how old are you? And Lucas goes up 16. He's like, shit, I shouldn't have asked that. Now I feel even worse. So there his buddies there? Yeah, so then his buddies show up. They're drinking beer behind the fence. <laughs> and they're going, Lucas was about ready to serve, serves an ace. And here's one of the guys go, yeah, he's legit. <laughs> I just love the story. I mean, I could not stop laughing. And he goes, um, he goes, yeah, I lost these two games because I did a body serve. And he tried to get out of the way and just kind of like, instead of, you know, didn't get hit and somehow blocked it with his frame and it was a winner. And I looked at him and I was just like, he goes, wow, great shot. And he's like, oh, come on now. I didn't mean to do that. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a funny, cool story. And then the next round he played a, a really elite kid that from um, the, a division one player and they went four hour match, four hour wow. match. Lucas lost in the third set tie break real close. If he would have won that one, he would have played a guy named Sam Harrison, who is a ATP tour player. Uh, right now, ranked a little lower due to injury, but he was uh, ranked 35 in the world. What? ATP, yeah. He was Lucas was looking so forward to trying to just yeah. at least see what it's like to get served by a guy like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a phrase from some Arkansas people and say, "Hey, that boy's legit." <laughs> that boy's legit. Um, Carla and Deloitte are touring everywhere, doing things. Oh. Um, I, uh, because of our th last three episodes, I'm trying to leave my own science behind this. Remember the article where we talked about how arginine plus CBD oh, yeah. synergistically opened up? If you look at that, what happens is arginine is what's needed to make nitric oxide, which vasodilates. Vasodilation helps. And so I was looking at it from a workout perspective. Oh, yeah. So I do, I do what I do, and I ordered an excessive amount of arginine and citrulline from Amazon. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I started doing arginine and citrulline every night. Like so, I do, um, I do L-leucine for which is for muscle. Remember, I'm trying to gain, I'm trying to gain back the muscle that I've lost since my neck injury. And uh, oh my gosh, I, I wasn't putting two and two together, and I started having the worst heartburn. I immediately turned into one of my patients where like I wanted to like call somebody and say fix this now. Some reflux. Some reflux, nausea just felt ugh, just yeah that does not sound fun and i do have acid reflux and i do take medicine for it and i've tried to get off the medicine for years and years and i just can't and i've accepted that and yeah. that is what it is so it was uh last week mm -hmm. uh, last week i'm sitting there i'm just like oh and i'm talking to anna our tech and we had a cancellation and in the way that i do things to extreme i was like anna go ahead and load up a scope she's like no don't do it. I'm like, we got to try. Oh, I've already heard about this I'm like, story. I'm worried that I've got like, like, I'm like, I'm, I think I have cancer. I think I have cancer. She's like, you don't have cancer, Dr. Brown. You don't have cancer. You just have some. And I'm like, why in the world would I suddenly have all this reflux? And then she points out, did you do one of those weird things where you went on some weird supplement thing? And I went, <laughs> I did. But I, that can't be it. That can't be it. Just go, just go get a scope. So I took the endoscope and I'm staring at our monitor 
and I'm trying to get this thing in, and I, I try to, I'm holding it like this, and Anna's like right there, and she's like watching me, and she's going, because uh, I was like, uh. I was like, stop, my eyes are watering, and I'm just like, oh, this is hard. This, this is why we used to date people, right? This is no, like, no, no, Ken, you're good. So I, I eventually got, I just got it down, and I did my own endoscopy. So those are, if you've never seen one, those are as big around as probably what a pinky, probably maybe a little bit larger than a pinky. Just imagine that going all the way down your throat. Not you. You don't have to imagine. You just did it yourself. I was sitting there, eyes watering, looking at it, and I got Anna over here just going, I'm going to throw up. Stop. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) this may be the last uh, two scientists, one lab. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think think we have to to stick with science. Speaking of science, did you see what's going on with N-acetylcysteine? Yeah, I did. I don't really like it. I think it's uh, ridiculous. And I I hate the uh, category of conspiracy theorist and, you know, uh, tinfoil hat thoughts, all all of that kind of stuff. However, for a supplement, N-acetylcysteine, which is an acetylated amino acid, uh, to have been on the market over the counter for almost a full 60 years. 60 years, yeah. Uh, two weeks ago, the FDA declared it a drug. Now, there's a bunch of different pathways that can happen after it's declared a drug. It could remain a drug over the counter, much like Tylenol, or what the fear is, is that it will then slowly migrate over to just being prescription or con- at least controlled in the way that it's dispensed, uh, like Fedrin or anything else like that. And um, it doesn't quite make sense other than the fact that you've got uh, N-acetylcysteine back in August or September, I think, there was starting to be some leaked research about N-acetylcysteine was actually proven once again, and it made sense. You know what? Let me back up a little bit further. About four months or five months before that news came out, we put together a protocol of supplements that we felt like could benefit people who were suffering from it's COVID episode three, I think, or four yeah. or something. And in acetylcysteine or NAC was, was a part of that. And it makes sense because just a quick uh, refresher in acetylcysteine, you take it and the body converts it to glutathione. Mm-hmm. Glutathione is basically your body's you, you make it now it's your body's best antioxidant defender. It, it scavenges, um, ROS or reactive oxygenation species throughout the body. And when it does that, as we've covered in many different episodes, you're stopping long-term inflammation. Inflammation by itself can be incredibly necessary. Acute inflammation necessary. Long-term chronic inflammation, not. In fact, it's dangerous. In fact, it leads to many, many things, disease and cancer, et cetera. So N-acetylcysteine, though, was being highlighted because the... Issues of the lung turn into cascading inflammation. I mean, that's why the way in the early days of COVID, people were rushing and putting people on ventilators and they were losing them. However, the problem became that it was just out of control inflammation. And it almost became a point where the inflammation was beyond the acute infection of the virus. Now it's the body just attacking itself. And N-acetylcysteine was seen or observed to be a part of a recovery mechanism by helping your body produce enough glutathione and basically getting the lung tissue to not be so inflamed. 
NAC is known as both a pulmonary protectant as well as, as well as a hepatic protectant. And you know a lot about this, of course, and you can speak to it. People who have acute Tylenol uh, uh, toxicity or people who are long-term alcoholics, it's recommended that well, they Well, that's take- what, I think that's where the FDA is hiding behind. After 60 years of being over the counter, the FDA says, oh no, this, you, this actually started out as a drug. So yeah. we're going to make it a drug again 60 years later because N-acetylcysteine is, it's, it's a great antioxidant, increases your glutathione. We could do a whole episode on glutathione. It's an amino acid. It's an amino acid. It's, in, it's incredible. But then they came out and said this. So then they immediately pulled it. So I went on. No, to be clear, Amazon did. Amazon did. Amazon did, and maybe a couple others. There are still, Walmart still, actually, this morning, Walmart still has NAC available. I just want to yeah. point that out. And then I talked to one of my patients who's um, a very high-level pharmacist, and she said, yeah, I believe that it appears that some drug company may be using it in conjunction with something else, so they're trying to get it so that they can. It's garbage. And, man, I panicked. I totally panicked, and I'm like, look, I use it for so many things that I need to get my hands on a bunch of N-acetylcysteine. So uh, it's the first time I've ever done it, but I went to the dark web. Are you familiar with the dark web? Yes. I went to the dark web, and I I ordered a bunch of of Uh N-acetylcysteine, and I give it to my employees. So I gave it to Nizreen, who's my medical assistant, fantastic employee, and Amber came and grabbed me, my other medical assistant, and she's just like, hey, can you come and look at this? And I, I walked in, and Niz was just holding the phone and was just caressing it. And she was just like, remember, you are loved, and we can't wait to do your colonoscopy. No, no, that's... And I was like, yeah, she's really friendly, but that's way too friendly. Way too friendly. And then Amber goes, can you go look at the bottle you gave her? Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. I, it's my first time on the black web, or the dark web, whatever it's called. And... um. I ordered her MDMA or Molly or ecstasy. Oh yeah, thinking it was N-acetylcysteine. It's not. It's not. It's the opposite. Now here's the real dilemma that I'm in. My patients. <laughs> that, was not, that was not so bad. My my patients loved it. I oh, got yeah. so many great Google reviews based on that. Yeah, they so, just, but unfortunately, they hung out in your your waiting room for four hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She only that was she only got to one patient. I did get a bunch of bad reviews because everybody else <laughs> nobody else was done. So you know that's my bad on the whole N-acetylcysteine. So probably shouldn't. I probably should not just randomly knee jerk stuff as. Anna said, you just seem to overdo everything. And so. don't always push the buy now button. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that, please. I did not drug my employee. I just thought it was a funny story when you were just talking about N-acetylcysteine. Yeah, this yeah, this is what happens when we break character a little bit. Or actually, this is exactly how we talk when we're not on exactly the camera. <laughs> I actually told Niz I was going to do this today. <laughs> She's, I was like, I'm like, I got to prepare for this podcast. She's like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, you were really nice that last patient. And then my mind just went there. Yeah. Went, oh, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to pretend like I bought you MDMA. And she looks at me and she's like, what is in your head? I'm like, you just heard what was in my head. Yeah, it you just got it. starts here and comes right out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do think it's, it's kind of wild. And you referenced him earlier, the Dark Horse podcast. Uh, they've, they've been amassing tons of information, not on N-acetylcysteine, but on ivermectin and how uh, more, they had an incredible uh, guest on two days ago. His name was uh, Pierre Corey. Corey, Pierre Corey. And he is a medical doctor who is 
infectious disease and has served on multiple boards where they deal with protocols for viral uh, outbreaks and pandemics and has served on the COVID board. And dude, he's got incredible data on how ivermectin not only works, he's got the scenarios. He talks about why he doesn't understand why it's been covered up. And he gave scenarios in Mexico, multiple people. These aren't small one-off studies. Multiple people there, 1,200 healthcare workers. 1,200 healthcare workers, I'll leave you this. 700-something, 700 change of the 1,200 agreed to take ivermectin. All of them highly exposed to to COVID. 100% of the 700 and change never diagnosed with COVID. The other 500 and whatever's left over, of the 1,200 uh, uh, healthcare providers, 58%, 58% of them developed COVID, COVID symptoms, et cetera, wow. and they didn't take ivermectin prophylactically. So we won't go down that rabbit hole. Check out Dark Horse Podcast with uh, Brett Pierre Weinstein Corey. and Pierre Corey. It's it's great. I think the published date was uh, it, June the 1st. If there's anything to say about those two guys, yeah. they have a why. Definitely. Brett Weinstein's like, I have to get this stuff out here. Yeah, that guy Pierre Corey, his why is, I'm I'm the guy in the trenches. I'm a cl- I'm, a, I'm a critical care doctor. Why in the world is a politician telling me what to do? I don't I don't understand. I, even, politician or not, we're standing in the way of. We've heard for a year now. Trust the science. I, I want to trust the science, but trusting the science doesn't mean stop asking why. Oh, and that doesn't mean that And what they were talking about is exactly this. We bring up a lot of studies, and I'm going to do it today, Yeah, that is not this large, randomized, drug-funded study, because that's the only way to do a study that big, that randomized, that multi-center, oh, all that stuff. Yeah. But he did so much better. He said there's so many other studies that you can make a meta-analysis out of, and he said when he started talking about that, he's like, the data is there, and yet the government saying the data is not there. Like every time, if you look at any of our podcasts, it's it's completely based on studies. Everything is based on studies from, it is it is not conjecture, it is not opinion. It is no. like, look, this is the study. Yeah. And that's what we do. And that's what he was saying. I think that's a responsible thing to do. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about subject matter and it hap- and there happens to be hypotheses around them or what's gonna happen? Let's talk about what we actually know or have observed. And, and you, man, yeah, sometimes you're going to find a paper that later on is going to be found either wrong or not exactly on the nose. But as long as the data in there is, is honest, it's worth talking about. And what's crazy is vaccination or not for, for COVID. I think that's a personal decision. And they talked about it on there that you take a risk analysis and, uh, and, and there, there are some people that it may be perfect for. There may be some that aren't. And we're not going to get in, into that today. However, the the narrative from the government or politicians specifically seems to be trust the science, get the vaccine. And then when you turn it around and say, well, ivermectin has a high safety profile and it may work also, their retort happens to be there's not enough data. But there was never enough there data never enough and there actually on was a, on a brand new MR. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into I'm, that, but sure. this is, this is stuff we talk about constantly. all day long. We talk about it constantly. Like, oh, look, why, why can you say there's not enough data there? But then you can say that, yeah. you know, just do this. And I get it. We have to get our country back. 
working and I get that we all have to have some semblance of comfort and by saying that you've um, what did I just see uh, I, I just saw something that you can um, like so many places are saying the mask mandate is still in effect unless you've been vaccinated if you don't wear a mask we're assuming you're not vaccinated or that you've been vaccinated uh-huh. like this is like the new rhetoric everywhere yeah so it's basically saying well I'm Anyways, I don't want to go there, but it's just weird. It's Very. just weird. Yeah, it's plain weird. weird. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It's like giving your employee MDMA Molly instead of an acetylcysteine. I've heard, of someone, weird. I've heard of someone doing that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know what else is weird? What's that? Since we're talking podcasts, um, so I was watching Joe Rogan. Yeah. And he had on, um, he's, I, I actually like the jujitsu podcast. I know that you kind of prefer the, the non MMA stuff, but I kind of like that where he'll have John Donaher and these people. And well, he has, he had this guy on named Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan is currently the world of uh, the world worlds. And many people consider the best no gi jujitsu submission specialist. He gets on there and starts talking and Joe's like, Oh, so Gordon, tell us about your gut issues. He's like, well, I got a bad staph infection. Like, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. and I took like rounds and rounds and rounds of antibiotics. And then I just started developing these severe GI issues. And um, now I've been diagnosed with this thing called gastroparesis, which is your stomach doesn't empty. And it's horrible because every time I eat, I bloat like crazy and I stay full for hours. And he's like, and I've been all over, and they just tell me, well, that's just a part of um, that they say I have irritable bowel and things like that. And Joe's like, if there's any good gut doctors let us know and i was just screaming i felt like that stupid progressive commercial where flo and them are on the beach and <laughs> have you seen that no it's really stupid we i have a roku now and that you can't fast forward the commercials you know on some yeah. of the shows so it has the whole progressive team hanging out on a beach and flo's sitting there and everybody's like yeah it's nice to not work and just hang out at the beach and then, like, there was a, a man and a woman talking. She's by her boat. The other guy's by his camper. And she's just like, man, I love my boat. He's like, I love my camper. He's like, yeah, but, you know, I just wish I could put them together, like, in a, like in a bunch or something. And she's going, it's called a bundle. It's called a bundle. Like, she couldn't hold back. And she ran out and tried to sell insurance to him. And so that's how I felt. I was like, I'm screaming into the thing. I'm like, this could be SIBO. You haven't even talked about SIBO yet. You haven't even discussed it. That's what's causing your gastroparesis. So when you have gastroparesis, it could be, if you don't have diabetes or another neurologic reason to have it, it could be that your small bowel, when it dilates because you eat and it becomes distended, yeah. it tells your stomach not to empty. Yeah. I have all kinds of patients that actually um, are diagnosed with gastroparesis. I treat their SIBO and then the gastroparesis goes away. Oh, that's nice. And so I was just sitting there. And then on the most recent episode, I just cringed. Joe's like, yeah, my, my friend Gordon Ryan was on here and, and he's going to go. Somebody stepped up to the plate to help him even though I know that Mike Logsdon tried to offer him Atrantil at a seminar once, and I DM'd him on Instagram and haven't heard back yet. But anyways, so he goes, yeah, my friends, what they're going to do is stem cells and BPC-157 peptide, which we'll we'll eventually do a whole show on peptides. And I was just sat there and I went, huh. Because of that statement, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Stem cells for gut health, which could be fixed by taking polyphenols. What is the relationship? (gasps) What if we developed a protocol pre and post stem cell? Is there any science on it? 
Yeah, we kind of kicked that around a little bit. And that's where the two scientists in one lab Mm -hmm. comes in. Right. So I got some pretty cool stuff to talk about today. So even if you're going to ignore my DM, Gordon, you should at least um, (laughs) at least listen to this part here, because if you go get stem cells, I can make it so it's better for you. So, all right. Stem cells, which we've talked about for my neck, which we had one of the world's experts on, Wade McKenna. Um, if you go on like DuckDuckGo or someplace where it isn't really kind of controlled, mm-hmm. you'll find studies on Alzheimer's, autism, mus- um, multiple sclerosis, congestive heart failure, erectile dysfunction, liver disease, hypertension, pulmonary issues, goes on and on and on and on. And one of the things that it, I was looking at, and then you go to the FDA and you're like, why in the world is this not being talked about more? Why in the world is this not being discussed more? Um, and you could look at the political reasons as to why, because stem cells, and we won't get into that today. But um, if you go to the FDA's website, what they do state is there is no science behind it. And then the one thing that even um, Andrew Huberman talked about on his podcast was stem cells. The problem with stem cells is, is they can also make cancer cells grow. Yeah, there's a caveat to that, but yeah. So. That's what I want to talk about. So what is the biggest risk of these stem cells? Now, if you look on Netflix, there's a, a, one of those documentaries where they discuss how stem cells caused infections. It all came out of one lab, and it was 18 people, millions of stem cells done. So I'm not even going to throw the infection thing out there. So let's just address this whole thing of stem cells and how can you make them better, one, mm-hmm. and how do we decrease the risk of promoting tumor growth. Okay. So that's what today's podcast really is after we've discussed a lot of random things. So, um, so Wade and any other person that actually does stem cell therapy, listen up very carefully. If you're somebody that's going to get stem cells, listen up very carefully. Very easy based on science once again. All right. So let's look at this. I found an article um, where it looked at condensed tannins from cinnamon where what they did is they showed that by taking condensed tannins, cinnamon tannins, like Cabracho, it promotes migration of stem cells and accelerates wound healing in mice. So what these guys did is that they showed that the, it's called mesenchymal stem cells, which means the stem cells from the bone marrow, this isn't exogenous, bone marrow stem cells migrate in accordance to uh, the location based or aided by the condensed tannins. And what they did is they analyzed the effects of the cinnamon tannin on mesenchymal stem cell migration in vivo, meaning that they unfortunately caused an injury in a mouse, Mm -hmm. they caused a skin injury, and then they demonstrated that the mice that um, got the, actually, I think they stimulated stem cells. They did something where they could show that stem cells did this. Either they gave it to them or they stimulated it. But they showed that in the mice that the stem cells from the bone marrow more readily went into the blood and then accumulated in the area where the injury was. Okay. More so than the mice that did not have the cinnamon tannin given to them. So just to, so I can follow exactly what you're saying, uh, obviously, if you're trying to heal an injury with stem cells, you want to make certain that they concentrate where you where you want them. And you're saying that using a natural tannin enabled the stem cells to aggregate where I ne- where I wanted them more. Also increase the stem cell production oh, okay. and mobilization. Even better. 
So I got more of them, more in the right area, and more efficiently. Exactly. And okay. what they what they showed is that once in in the animals that they give the cinnamon um, tannin two, they showed that following the uh, condensed tannin treatment, there was more angiogenesis, increased. Blood, blood flow, blood yeah. flow, increased blood, not just blood flow, oh, but vessels. blood vessels, yeah. granulation, tissue formation and remodeling were accelerated during the wound healing process. And what they believe is that the cinnamon tannin promoted tissue regeneration attributable to the mesenchymal stem cell induced tissue repair. So in other words, they believe that the tannin resulted in greater stem cells going to the proper area which is exactly why when I got my neck injection, I did a five-day fast leading up to it, followed by eating, and I took uh, condensed tannins the entire time and continued to take them. So I'm super excited to see this. So the conclusion of these scientists were, the results demonstrate that, that the cinnamon tannin promotes mesenchymal stem cell migration in vivo and accelerated wound healing. And the key here is that the structural features of the flavonoid, the type of polyphenol is the key. It is critical to their effects in both the migration and the location of it. So not just any tannin not will do. Just, not just any polyphenol will not do. Not any polyphenol will do. But it has to be a flavonoid comprised of proanthocyanidins. In other words, groups of flavonoids. We say it all the time. Large, stable polyphenol helped wound healing yeah. through stem cells. Makes sense. Once again, it's a it's a demonstration, I believe, of your gut bacteria taking apart the large molecule and using the the afterproducts, the the uh, the postbiotics as the body needs. Correct. Yeah, makes sense. This science is out. It's very congruent with where we've been here recently. Yeah, I know, and I can just see somebody that's in the stem cell medicine just standing up and screaming at us like i screamed at joe when i was like it's SIBO, it's SIBO. <laughs> he's just like but you can't give it to everybody because that'll just increase the effect and the stem cells will migrate to cancer and make cancer grow more Ooh, i bet you there's something more to that but wait there's more so wow that's amazing but let's get back to the whole cancer thing why would you augment the stem cells if you could potentially augment the growth of cancer makes sense so I went down this rabbit hole or mouse hole or whatever hole you want to call it. Um, so then I found this great article called The Therapeutic Effect of Anti-Cancer Phytochemicals Through Suppression of Cancer Stem Cells. The why on why we do this is we learn a lot. We learned a lot that nitric oxide oh, yeah. and the nitric oxide synthase are different versions. Yeah, three different ones. Yeah, so it turns out stem cell is not a stem cell. There's actually something called a cancer stem cell, Yeah, which I did not know. So... Cancer stem cells um, are tumorogenic, meaning that they make tumors tumors grow. Yeah. And cancer stem cells are unique in that they have a very high potency for initiating tumor growth, tumorogenesis. Cancer stem cells are postulated to be different than traditional mesenchymal stem cells in that they proliferate with unlimited potential, exhibit high resistance to therapy, and have the ability to fuel tumor regrowth post-treatment. Huh. Now think about that for a moment. We're talking about why do tumors come back? Why do, I have lots of cancer doctor friends, mm -hmm. oncologists, I guess that's the good way to call them, cancer doctor yeah, friends. Yeah, cancer doctor friends. Hey this Scott, my, yeah. cancer doctor guy. Yeah. This is, my, this is my cancer doctor friend. 
<laughs> cancer doctor friend, oncologist. I have a lot of friends who are oncologists. And I've never once said, well, why do tumors come back? Because, you know, it's like, oh, just if you get a tumor, it comes back. We believe, and you can go into all this other stuff, P453 gene, blah, 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 cancer tumor gene, whatever. Whoa, wait a minute. What if your cancer, your cancer stem cells, I keep trying to do this. So you have INOS going on. Yeah. You have inducible nitric oxide producing bad nitric oxide, or not, it's the same nitric oxide, but producing in information the wrong spot, yeah. in the wrong spot. Yeah. So this is really interesting. There's, there's cancer stem cells. And they did this whole review in this article where they looked at the influence of phytochemicals. Surprise, surprise. As it turns out, when they refer to phytochemicals, they're talking about complex polyphenols on cancer cell populations. And what they did is they highlighted the importance of those known to selectively inhibit the cancer stem cell. Wow. Think about this for a moment. Yeah. We talk about this, but these guys showed in a lab, as it turns out that large polyphenols actually target cancer stem cells in multiple different ways such as inhibition of self-renewal, induction of differentiation into mature cancer cells, and sensitization to anti-cancer agents. Wow. So, so it makes them more susceptible to the drugs that we would use. It makes them more susceptible to the drugs that we use. Wow. Now, the article is nauseatingly thick. and there was a lot there. Oh, my gosh. It's super sciencey and yeah. super complex, but it's so complex that... The bottom line is they showed multiple different ways in which large stable polyphenols can turn off cancer stem cells in multiple different ways. It was so wild. So polyphenols are good. Polyphenols good. And then I never thought about that, that when we talk about stem cells, cancer stem cells are different than mesenchymal stem cells. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, well, I, I hadn't thought of that at all. Didn't know that. I know. And so, but I know that maybe not the same guy because he's already, I don't know. What did he do? Did he throw down his glass and scream it? Scream at his uh, TV phone, whatever. The scientist that I'm playing it out in my head where somebody's yelling at us right now. It's like, that's insane. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I, I just caught up with the rest of y'all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have this image of this. This guy goes, all right, it's podcast day, and I'm just going to have a whole bunch of yeah. breakable glass here that I will just keep smashing glasses when I get angry. <laughs> Carl, what's the matter? They don't get it! <laughs> all right, so I can just see him going, but that doesn't matter. That's not in real life. What about real cancers? So, as it turns out, there's what? studies on real cancers. Yeah, there's got to be. For instance, our old friend, epigallocatechin 3 gallate, otherwise known as green tea extract. Mm -hmm. We talk about it all the time. EGC, green tea extract, yeah. EGCG, EG, ECGC, yeah. whatever. Thank one, you, right? Yeah, one of those. EGCG. But also, we know that that is a component of Kibracha when it gets broken down Correct. into its various components. So, Which is a good way to get it bioavailable. Which is a good way to get it bioavailable. So green tea extract is a bioactive polyphenol from green tea. It's been studied a ton. It happens to be, so we've talked about these other ones that have been studied before. It's like studies per perpetuate more studies. Sure. I, I would like to just sit there and just send everybody, the, all these scientists go, you can do more with a bigger, more stable polyphenol, but that's, but I'm just happy that you're writing about polyphenols yeah, right sure. now. So, um, 
they've already shown that it can help block tumor, including significantly bladder cancer, which I was unaware of. But the mechanism of how it did it has eluded scientists. So these guys went out to say, let's figure out how to do this. And the title of the article is Green Tea Extract Inhibits Bladder Cancer Stem Cells Via Suppression of Sonic Hedgehog Pathway. We've heard mention of this before, and I don't know that I recall it. It's a Sega video game, dude. Well, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, no, I know that part. (laughs) (laughs) I got that part down. <laughs> All right, so um, there's there's going to be a great backstory to that. I'm sure that the developer of that um, had bladder cancer and then survived it, and then said, "I will make my next game and say Sonic Hedgehog." Yeah. So, anyways, so um, they actually found the place where it actually happened, and so what they what they showed is the mechanism actually remains by blocking this Sonic Hedgehog pathway. Ultimately down-regulated stem cell markers, cancer stem cell markers. So it controlled the cancer stem cell Mm -hmm. in the bladder. Wow. Yeah, wild stuff. So the effect of the green tea was mediated by this, what's called the sonic hedgehog signaling pathway. I normally wouldn't even bring that up, but I just love saying that. And um, (laughs) and if they upregulated that pathway, it negated the effect. So it was clearly related to that one thing. So that's how, I I just love how sciencey they get. And I like I'm finding these. These are not like this wasn't published last month. This is like a few years old. I'm just like, this is crazy stuff. So what they did is they showed that taken together, the results indicated that green tea extract could be an important natural compound against bladder cancer stem cells. Okay. And provide new insights into the effective molecular targeting of cancer stem cells. Wow. Yeah. So now we need to find out if there could be other body areas where other stem cell cancers could be turned off. I don't know. I mean, what? Give me an example of like a really common cancer. A really common cancer? I don't know. Colon cancer, uh, breast cancer. Breast? Did you say breast? Yeah, you said give you a common one. Yeah, breast cancer is really common. And the anti-cancer effect of polyphenols against breast cancer and cancer stem cells, molecular mechanisms. That was another article. Oh, really? Oh, you're not making that up. I'm not making that up. I was just waiting for you to say breast. Oh, well, yes. It was on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real, breast cancer we know is a huge, huge issue. And I think one of the biggest things is when people, um, when we have a lot of people, all of us have had people very close to us that are dealing with or have dealt with breast cancer. Right. And it is a very serious thing. This is interesting because looking at the therapy of going after these cancer stem cells may be a really interesting therapeutic approach. So these guys, what they did, and I don't know, these guys, girls, whoever, um, this was ridiculous. It was like a 50-page review. So this one wasn't so much. This was like a Mm meta-analysis like we discussed. Meta-analysis is a compilation of this. It was a review. It's like it's somebody's opus, clearly, because they spent forever. And I mean, this thing was detailed. So (laughs) I just laughed because the opening paragraph says this. In this review, we will provide a brief overview of polyphenol structures and classifications, as well as the carcinogenic process of breast cancer. Brief included 
nauseating <laughs> just, I really it's like a it's it's that insecurity dream I always have like a calculus test that yeah. when I'm like super stressed I'm like I'm like oh, I'm back in math class uh, that's what I felt like <laughs> when I was reading this um what they really got into and so to summarize it and this is if the person that wrote this article listens to how I summarize it <laughs> they're gonna grab that glass and just smash it <laughs> and I suggest that you wear safety goggles if you're gonna be breaking glasses at our podcast yeah 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 don't you should do that yeah, yeah I don't want anybody getting hurt all right so what they did is they looked at the interplay between autophagy and apoptosis in the anti-cancer activity polyphenols hmm. and in addition to that, the potential polyphenols to target cancer stem cells via various mechanisms. Ugh. The next 49 and a half pages, we're discussing all those mechanisms. To summarize it, polyphenol research is considered a very promising field. We have discussed this, and I really, really do think that the future of medicine is heading towards these polyphenolic compounds. Definitely in the setting of a proper microbiome. Sure. If you have dysbiosis, you may not be achieving the greatest result from eating a very high vegetable fruit diet. If you have a proper and very diverse microbiome, all of these things can be can actually be achieved if while having enough of these polyphenolic compounds. So um, these are a few of the things that they showed in Tremendous detail. So each one of these things actually includes several pages of mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Modulation of reactive oxygen species. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We've heard that before. Important. Modulation of inflammation-related factors. Okay, so, so cytokines. We've always talked about it as inflammatory cytokines, which sure. is why my... Um, I, when I see inflammation, I automatically just go inflammatory. And mm -hmm. what are we going to talk about with the inflammatory? What's causing the inflammation? Modulation of estrogen receptors and aromatase inhibitors. That's one which is really interesting because that could be one of the reasons why um, polyphenols are good for sport. Because you actually increase your testosterone production mm -hmm. if you're blocking the um, aromatase, which converts testosterone to estrogen. Interesting. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Modulation of apoptosis. You always define apoptosis on this podcast. Uh, that is programmed cell death. Programmed cell death. Modulation of signaling pathways related to cancer stem cells, which took up about four pages of this article, describing very specifically how these polyphenols suppress the cancer stem cells from proliferating and causing what they do. This is important. Super important. And then... I know these guys know their shit because the final one was modulation of the hedgehog signaling pathway. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that's for every, anybody who's thinking of doing, um, doing stem cells. This one is specifically for Wade. So for any manufacturer of stem cells, this is pretty cool. This is, I'm going to kick it up a little bit and, and get a little bit more sciencey. but the way the stem cells are currently done is that they actually um, grow them and they, it's the number that makes the most important thing. Wade talked about um, the quality of stem cells that you get is super important, how it's grown, how it's harvested, how it's done, all this stuff. And delivered. And delivered. Yeah. For sure. So these guys showed that resveratrol another polyphenol mm -hmm. enhances the functionality and improves the regeneration of mesenchymal stem cell aggregates specifically cell aggregate or cell sheet engineering and what they wanted to see is that if you actually bathed these stem cells in resveratrol 
that it showed reliable and extensive rejuvenative activities that have received increasing clinical attention. And what they uncovered was that resveratrol enhanced the functionality and the numbers improves the regeneration of mesenchymal stem cell aggregates. Mesenchymal stem cells would be when I did my bone marrow harvest, Dr. McKenna took my bone marrow, mixed it with stem cells so that it would be there. So um, what they wanted to show is that they were able to unravel a novel method for using what they called pharmacology, but it's resveratrol-based cell aggregate engineering to improve the functionality and facilitate the regeneration of these. So in other words, you can take an older, so the whole idea is, is that the older you get, the probably your bone marrow is not as good for stem cells. Right. You can make it younger mm-hmm. by, according to these guys, bathing it. So like if, if you're a, a 50-year-old guy like me and you do this, you bathe it in some resveratrol or some polyphenols, and that's just one that they looked at, resveratrol. I'm saying that maybe it could be a whole lot better if you do the, the, um, the equivalent of a large stable polyphenol that has been broken down. But that's, it's just it's fascinating science, the why. The why of why these guys do things is cool. So, to summarize, if you're reading about stem cells, um, one of the main concerns is that it could stimulate cancer growth. Um, It is a pluripotent cell, meaning it could potentially go where it needs. What these articles kind of summarize is that if you have an injury and you take polyphenols and you get stem cells, it goes right over here. We want all these stem cells right here. And by the way, we need more and get them into the bloodstream to get them over here. Yeah. That's one. And then the other one is, if you're worried, um, at least according to this, that, well, I'm really scared because I don't want to have stem cells and then develop a cancer. Well, one way to at least, according to these studies, decrease that risk is to take these polyphenols so that you can actually suppress the cancer um, stem cells themselves. Right. So, like me, I got my stem cells, and that was actually brought up to me by several people. They're like, oh, aren't you worried about getting cancer? And I'm like, well, I worry about getting cancer every day because I'm a doctor yeah. and I see cancer. And every time you do that, I remember talking to one of my cancer doctor friends. What are they called again? <laughs> On- Oncologist? Oncologist. I remember asking him. I was like, dude, how do you do this? Like, you find 45-year-old men all the time with pancreatic cancer. He's like, oh, I get pancreatic cancers five, six times a year. Because <laughs> it's, you know, you're exposed to it. You're like, oh, yeah. my gosh, that's me. Like, yeah. every time you see something, it's like, oh, that's I, that, ugh, yeah. scary. Yeah. So anyways, um, I just thought it was really interesting because when we talk about this, I really believe that there should be some sort of protocol. If I'm a stem cell doctor, I'm putting people on a complex polyphenol blend like Atron Teal while you're doing it. Why? So that you get the most out of your stem cells and we know that it's going to go to the area that it's needed. And there is at least some rationale that it could suppress tumor growth. Think of it like this. I After hearing all of this, I'm already kind of put it in this, what I think is an easy to use box for a metaphor. If you're going to do something, let's say that you've committed to being in a sport and you know that in order to compete on the day of competition, that you would need to make certain that you have a good night's rest and that you've trained, that you probably know a little bit about the opponent, regardless of what it's going to be. You do all of these measures to optimize your ability to win. If you're committed on the other hand, to get stem cells for a particular injury or whatever it is that you're trying to improve, give yourself and your body the best chance to do the best that it can with stem cells. And basically this is prepping your body to do that. 
I was thrilled. Our why for this podcast is if I can help one person get a better benefit from their stem cell, that's my why. I today. think, I mean, yeah, 100%. I think that stem cells has a gigantically bright future just from people that, not, not just you, but people that we know. My mom, my mom got stem cells from Wade for her knee, and she's doing fantastic. And my, sorry, mom, not athletic, okay? So it's not like that she went out of her way to do a bunch Have of- Have you seen her Instagram recently? Yes. She just yes. ran an 1100 meter, 11 second, hundred yeah. meter. Squatting 2,700 pounds. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but th there are, there are some anecdotal and then there's some, some large scale studies around stem cells. They do some great, great, great work, but like anything, it's new. There are things to find out how, and they're always going to try to find out how can you make it better? Wade specifically talked about how some people are screwing up by utilizing lidocaine on the injection whenever they're, they're placing the stem cells. Well, he doesn't do that. That's an improvement in the therapy. This is an improvement in the therapy, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I'm the first one to say that uh, I've had a, I, I, I would, I have no pain. And now I'm wondering, I'm like, did I really recruit all the stem cells that I got that day mm -hmm. and have gotten and continue because I continue to take my polyphenols? Are they really just kind of going to the area of injury? Because I've had a pretty remarkable recovery for such a serious injury that I went to three doctors that said, you need to get an operation. Sure. Like now, now. Well, and you know, the idea behind any physician or healthcare provider that's going to have a therapy they're going to give someone, you want to do your best to try to induce the best outcome for the patient and mitigate either the, well, obviously the bad ones, but the, the outcomes that just don't show any improvement at all. And if this could help them do that, right? Huge. So if Gordon Ryan's going to go get stem cells, at least contact us. Yeah. Because I, dude, I can get you like a $5 coupon on. Lovemytummy.com, Gordon. What Come are you on, thinking, man. man? Giving you the friends and family discount, five bucks off. Yeah, man, <laughs> phytochemicals, brother. Get some. <laughs> well, two scientists, the the first and only last. Yes. <laughs> two scientists, one lab. Two scientists, <laughs> no coats, one lab, no beakers. <laughs> no Bunsen burners, no beakers. If you could continue to grow that on every single episode. Episode 1022, two scientists, one lab, no coats, no beakers. And you just go on for like eight minutes. No light switches, no audience, whatever. No one's listening anymore because we yeah. I spent an hour doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, anyways, so we covered a lot of ground here, um, but I believe in the stuff that we're talking about. And 100%. if I'm, if I'm going to get stem cells, this, this is what I do. If I'm a stem cell provider, I'd listen to this. I'd share it. So, uh, oh, like always, uh, we always have to say this. Um, this is, I am a doctor. Eric is a healthcare provider, CRNA. We do treat people, but we are not your doctor unless nope. we are actually your doctor. But um, but this is for entertainment only. Everything that we talk about is not medical advice. Thank you all so much for joining us. Like and share. Don't shadow ban us. And uh, share us uh, with anybody that you think might be interested in these kind of health topics. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to know what it's like to um, accidentally take a bunch of MDMA instead of N-acetylcysteine, call the office. They are... They'll enjoy the call, but they will not give you a real response. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much. That's episode right. 57. Bye-bye.